I invite you once again to stand for the concluding passage of Scripture that continues where John left off previously. So they call the man who was born blind. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And the man that had been born blind said, I don't know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have already told you, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here's an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, And those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said, Surely we're not blind, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated and let us pray. Lord, use your servant's lips your people's ears and hearts, that as they are joined together, the seed of your word might be planted and brought forth with a resurrection joy. Amen and amen. So the question today is whether we see or whether we don't see. Now there are a lot of things that I am just unobservant about. I don't see a lot of things. Every week I drive through Danville and I see a house I have never seen before. It just happens and I don't know how I could miss that. I had been here for three and a half years before I saw for the first time there's a bathroom on the other side of that wall. It just made me really, really uh, excited to find something that I didn't know had existed before. And this past Thursday, I realized where the server room for the computer was 
in the church, up in the bell tower. Wow, wow, there's so much to find that if you just look, it's there. Maybe we can see, maybe like me, you have eyes that are open, but you don't really take in everything. And so today, this chapter, this entire chapter that's been read from John 9, is a chapter regarding blindness. It starts off with a man who is literally blind and has been blind from birth. It starts off with a man who simply cannot see. It wasn't as if he could see and then he couldn't see. It was blindness from birth. This groping around in darkness, this inability to see, which put him at a distinct disadvantage in the world. Now, blindness in the Bible is often spoken of in terms of an inability to see that which is right in front of you. Blindness in the Bible is often described as being healed and ended by God who opens the eyes of the blind. And it is in fact Israel's God, Yahweh, who is understood to be the one who can open the eyes of the blind. Look at Psalm 146. It is the Lord who executes justice for the oppressed who gives food to the hungry, who sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. He watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he will bring to ruin. The condition of unbelief is sometimes compared to blindness in the Old Testament, and the Lord promises that that unbelief will be dealt with. The problem of spiritual blindness will be addressed. And how will it be addressed? It will be addressed by the Messiah that God will send into the world. Isaiah says it this way, I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nation, listen, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. And so Jesus encounters this man who was born blind, And the disciples asked him, why was he born blind? Why did this disaster happen to him? Was it he who sinned or his parents who sinned? And Jesus said, don't ask that question. Let his blindness lead to God's glory. And so, Jesus performs an unsanitary miracle where he spits into some earth and he stirs it around and he places it on the eyes of the man who was born blind and said, go and wash in this pool called scent for I have sent you there and when you have obeyed my voice, something different will characterize your life. And so he does, and he washes, and his eyes are opened, and suddenly he can see. And then the investigation begins, like, how in the world did this happen, and what is going on here? 
First of all, there are his neighbors, and the neighbors start the investigation. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, isn't this the same man who used to sit here and beg? And some were saying, yes, it is. And others were saying, can't be. This kind of thing doesn't happen. So the neighbor's investigation finally convinces them that this is, in fact, the man. And the Pharisees get in on the questioning. The Pharisees began to ask him how he had received his sight. And he said, he put mud on my eyes. And then I washed. And now I see. And some of the Pharisees said, Nevertheless, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. Some of them said that he was from God, and others said that he wasn't. So they seek out more testimony from the man who had formerly been blind. They said to him, what do you say about him? It was your eyes that he opened. The blind man says, he's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And the parents want to stay out of this. You know when an argument breaks out, it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, and somebody starts arguing, and then they try to drag you into it. What do you think, John? And John's like, I think I'm thirsty. I'll see you in a minute. And he goes and grabs something to drink. Here we've got these powerful, powerful figures in the life of the Jewish people. These, these figures who have all of this influence. And they're not wanting to believe that a miracle has occurred. And they're asking and they're asking again. And they ask the parents this question. What do you think? Isn't this your son? How does he now see? And they're like, he's old enough to testify for himself. Don't ask us. Ask him. Things go from more tense to incredibly tense. And they begin this second round of investigation in which the Pharisees say, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And the man who can testify for himself says, I don't know whether he's a sinner or not, but I do know one thing. I couldn't see and now I can what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And at this point, the man who was blind becomes slightly snarky. He says, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? What are you trying to get at? Are you trying to catch me in something? You're not going to catch me in something. I was blind and now I see. Do you also want to become his disciple? At which point the Pharisees become enraged. We're Moses' disciple. We're not his disciple. You're his disciple, but we know that God has spoken to Moses. We don't know anything about whether God has spoken to this character or not. And you've got to love that the man who was once born blind stands up and he says, here is an astonishing thing. You say you don't know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not 
listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who obeys him and does his will, never since the world began. Never in history has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. The leaders say, you were born entirely in sins, and now are you trying to teach us? It's interesting that these leaders are attempting to get not only the blind man, but his parents, those in his community, to pretend that they're not seeing what is right there in front of them. I love this, this image from the naked gun. Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along, people. Move along. You've seen this. The news does this all the time. That famous memed picture now from Kenosha, Wisconsin. The mostly peaceful riots with the city burning down behind the news anchor. Trying to get you to believe that nothing is happening when something is obviously happening. January 6th. A gallows hung out front. Hang Mike Pence. Hang Mike Pence. And we have people who want us to believe that that's a a peaceful protest. Sometimes powerful people make us try to think the world is different. Different than we can see with our very own eyes. And when we don't cooperate, when I don't cooperate, I get phone calls. Preacher, why would you say that? Because it's true. I think it's true. Well, I don't believe that. What don't you believe? The things that Republicans don't want you to believe? The things that Democrats don't want you to believe? Where's your faith? To whom are you loyal? I mean, it's certainly a reasonable position to say, I am loyal to my political party, and whatever I'm told to say, that's what I'm going to say, okay? You can do that if you want to. That's a fine proposition to make. But don't say that you are motivated by Christian values when you do. Our God is a jealous God who broaches no others in his place. Our God is a God who doesn't want just a tip of the hat on Sunday morning, but he wants all of you. Our God is a God who, when he begins this work in you, will not be satisfied until he has finished that work. Our God is a God who says, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation, and the truth will set you free. And if we are looking for anything besides the truth, then we are not yet fully formed Christians. Move along, nothing to see here. And they drove him out. They drove him out. Powerful people, forces in society, influencers, they try to try to get us to believe something that we just know is not true. The, the man born blind can relate to that. He, he knows that Jesus is not a sinner. 
Jesus opens our eyes and we see, and we see him, we see his will, we see his goodness. But there are some who claim to see who are really blind. Like the Pharisees, they think they see, but don't see. But some, like some of these Pharisees, have even greater guilt. They aren't blind. They really do see. But there's something more important to them than seeing the truth. They see, but still refuse to acknowledge. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see. And those who do see may become blind. The Pharisees near him heard and said, Surely we're not blind, are we? And Jesus said, You're worse than blind. If you were blind, it could be overlooked. But since you say we see, your sin remains. I love this seeing metaphor in John chapter 9. It reminds us that this, this physical healing of the man born blind speaks to us from a much deeper place. Reminding us that there's such a thing as those who see the truth. There's such a thing as those who see that Jesus is the one whom God sent to save the world. There's such a thing as reality. And if you think reality is out there, if you think that commercialism capitalism, good highways are going to make life satisfying and worth living? You need to open your eyes. There's one thing and one thing only that will fill that hunger and that thirst that God has placed within us. And that is a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Open your eyes and see. See that in Jesus, the hopes and dreams of all the world are fulfilled. And he offers himself to you. On the night 